2: Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to another edition of the Dead End Sports Podcast. Thank you for tuning in and checking us out. If you haven't done so already, make sure that you subscribe to this podcast. You can find this podcast anywhere where podcasts are. Uh, We're on iTunes, SoundCloud, Stitcher, uh, Google Play. So there's no reason not to subscribe. Once again, this is Dead End Sports Podcast. Uh, the best two weeks, excuse me, the best uh two hours of your sports week. Uh, this is the place where sports opinions collide. I am the host, 12 Kyle. Join joining me on the podcast will be my homies. Uh, first up, my man BZ 430. BZ, what up, though?
1: What's good? What's going on?
2: Chilling, man. Chilling. What's cracking? Chilling, man. Also joining us is my boy Ken Ken. What's going on, man?
0: Hey, what's going on?
2: Chilling, chilling, man, chilling, just ready to get it cracking. And uh, our boy FIFA will be join, joining us momentarily. Uh, as I mentioned at the top, this is the best uh, couple of hours of your sports week, so let's get right to it. A lot of stuff to talk about. Um, let's start in the NFL, man. Making headlines once again is your boy Colin Kaepernick. Colin Kaepernick uh, came out last week, a few days ago, and uh, he said that he will now be standing for the National Anthem, uh, as we all know, uh, Colin Kaepernick made uh, major, major headlines, publications all across the world uh, for his decision to take a knee when the National Anthem was being played last year when he was a quarterback for the San Francisco 49ers. Uh, as many of you know, Colin Kaepernick has opted out of his contract and is now a free agent. So with Kaepernick kind of switching his stance a little bit and now saying that he will take a stand for the national anthem. Um, he had reasoning behind it. He said that his reasoning behind it was that he felt like he did what he aimed to do as far as drawing the national intention as far as the conversation was concerned. And that was the most important thing to draw uh, conversation and awareness to the issues that he was taking a knee for. Um and that he was you know, doing it and he was basically moving on from that. Uh, he was still going to be active in the causes and, and the uh, the things that he started. Uh, he also put up a million dollars of his own money um, for these causes as well. Uh, but the flip side of it is that Colin Kaepernick is now a free agent. And he is looking for a team to land with. Uh, there's still a poss- an outside possibility that he could remain with the 49ers. So the question I have for you guys. And I'll start first with you, B. Um, is he his decision to take a stand? Is it because he's satisfied with the impact that he's made, or th- is he taking a stand because he needs another job next year?
1: Needs another job next year. <laughs> 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 what needs another job? I mean, you know, we we've seen how his play was when he came when he when he was started. for how many games was it? like six games he started? Seven games. Mm-hmm. He started um last season, and um uh, you know, I he, you can still you know have a you know a goal or if you want to set your message about an awareness about what you was trying to do you can you that still needs to be going on you just don't fake I ain't really say fake because he was really doing stuff for the community and stuff like that but you just don't go with do it what you're doing and then just stop because you think. It, the goal is never is never an end goal. Like you, you always we're still fighting this fight. We're still gonna be fighting this fight this year, next year, the year after, the year after that, and the year after that. So you know, if you still want to do, you know, still want st- to stand by something, stand by it. I personally think he's doing it just because. So he know t- if teams, you know, don't have to worry about it being a circus if they sign him. Oh, I don't want to sign this guy if he's gonna be kneeling in the national anthem all the time oh yeah i'm gonna stand now you know what let me try to still get that nfl quarterback check which is fine and dandy you know but i, I just personally think he's doing it because he needs another job i mean he wants to get in, you know still be an nfl and, and possibly playing for a team that's all
2: what about you Kent? uh uh kaepernick you know put his money where his mouth is and and i mean he he sparked a national debate he had uh, not only other players in the NFL, but we saw people in college. We saw, you know, little league teams. Everybody was taking a knee when the – well, I'm not going to say everybody, but a lot of people were taking a knee during the national anthem. Um, what, what's your take on this, man? Is he – his decision to stand, is it because he's done what he needed to do or is it that he needs a job?
0: You know, it's funny. Uh, last year when Colin first took a knee, people say he was doing it because he wanted to quit football. And and that he didn't really care about any of the issues that he was kneeling for. Um, now that we've gone a year, a full football season, um, and he's deciding to stand, now everybody's saying, you know, a, a lot of the media outlets are saying that it's because he he wants a job. And my thing is, y- y'all don't. You guys are just guessing like all of us are. You know, last year when you said he did it because he wanted to quit and wanted the way out of the NFL because he didn't think he was going to be the starter, you know, um, that was the the reason behind it. You know, now that he eventually became the starter, um, continued to kneel, continued to show that he was serious, now that he's standing... Now it's because he he wants a job. Yeah, it looks funny. Let's be honest with, with with ourselves. And and B's right. He can continue to be active, standing. But Kyle, you you said you put it perfectly, man. When he did what he did, he create he caused a national conversation in a lot of outlets about what was going on in America. And it showed America's dark side. We saw a lot of racist people, the fake outrage, the hiding behind patriotism, uh, patriotism, you know, the races that that are out there doing that. We saw all of that. We witnessed it. So if Colin wants to stand now And if Colin is even standing to get a job in the NFL, I'm okay with that. Because what he did last year, putting his NFL career in jeopardy, I think was worth it. And if he wants to stand now, he deserves to stand. Because for a whole year, the world talked about what he was doing. He created a movement he had other people kneeling with him other races other people in sports everybody participated in this and for for me man I I think that I think that he he deserves I think he deserves a benefit of the doubt here we all know that it wasn't just about kneeling for Colin Kaepernick He had a lot of actions behind the things that he did, and it was well-documented, but people don't want to talk about that. People don't want to acknowledge that, you know, we have people saying that he didn't accomplish anything. That's bullshit. Yeah,
1: he accomplished a lot. Yeah, he He accomplished a lot.
0: Yeah, so we can't discredit anything that he's done over the last year to um, create this conversation going on in America that, you know, to... To, for all of the positive things and the good things that he's done over the last year or so um, to just get us all talking, to get us all to recognize the, 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 maybe the, the unconscious racism that's within some of some, some of you guys out there, you know, so he's done his job. The rest is up to us and he's going to continue to do stuff, but what are we going to do? You know, right. so that that's you know, that that's my take on it, man. Like if 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 he's at the point now where he wants to stand, I think a year's long enough. I think a year's long enough. And I remember during when all of this was going on, I was like, Well, what's his end game and how long will mm-hmm. he do it? At some point, enough's enough. And I think we've gotten to the point now where, you know, it's it's time to move on. He's gonna continue to do it as As long as he continues to do what he's doing, I have no problems with it.
2: Yeah, man, I think both you and B made some great points. I think one of the things that um, I guess really I have to go back with Colin Kaepernick to the first time that I saw him, you know, sitting. He was sitting on the bench and it was during the preseason game and it was just some random photographer just happened to catch him sitting on the bench. And he wasn't bothering anybody. He wasn't calling attention to himself. It was just the rest of the team was standing up and he was sitting down away from them. And that shot always really kind of resonates with me because he started out doing something that, you know, and, and I mean, outside of us football fans, I mean, Colin Kaepernick became a name, you know, in, in American households for people who didn't know who the hell Colin Kaepernick was. And it sparked a national debate and a national conversation about where we are when it, when it when it involves you know some of the issues that he talked about uh race and and also the the political I mean like you could make a case that other than the 2016 election the biggest story on or off of the football field last year was Colin Kaepernick I mean of of any story I mean just his story right behind the 2016 election probably was one of the biggest stories uh, of last year, uh, sports related or non-sports related. And I think, you know, to be able to spark that debate, um, I think he should be applauded for that. He, because he didn't set out to do that. He just, this is where he stood or, or sat or kneeled and it just took off from there. Now, personally, I was a little I might say a little. I was very disappointed in the fact that Colin Kaepernick decided not to vote. I respect the fact that he didn't vote. Uh, I wish I had a chance to talk to Colin Kaepernick so I could understand and get a better idea as to why he didn't vote. I have my suspicions and my reasons, and I would have I still would love to talk to him about that. but that being said, I will say this about Colin Kaepernick, even though I was disappointed in the fact that he did not vote the little bit of what I heard that didn't necessarily knock him off the high horse for me per se. Um, and finally, I think Colin Kaepernick, he's done something that a lot of people don't do. He put his money where his mouth is. Mm -hmm. And, you know, a lot of people can talk about, okay, let's, let's mobilize. Let's get this thing together. Let's fight, fight the system and all of this stuff like that. But you got to cut checks and, you know, I, I can only commend him because here's the thing that I think people lose sight of. And I think we mentioned this on previous podcasts. Co- Colin Kaepernick did something that most people don't do. He he did it with his actions and he did it did it with his wallet as well. And the one thing that I love is that, you know, the 49ers got behind him. Keep in mind, Colin Kaepernick won the like the highest award that he could have won as a 49er. It was a, award I can't remember the name of it, but it was voted by the team and the organization like for like the most outstanding spirit and, you know, leadership and, and, uh, that type of thing, a teammate. And he won that award. So, you know, he wasn't a guy who was a cancer in the locker room It's guys that, you know, went to war with him every Sunday and they may not have shared the same political views. They may have, may not have shared the same, um, you know, philosophical views, but his kneeling made them have a conversation and I think, if nothing else, the fact that he did this, made, making us have a conversation, helped push forward a lot of issues. You know, is it going to solve anything? No. I mean, it's one man can't solve everything. And you, you're not going to – it was never in his hands for it to solve, but he he got us to the table as far – he got people talking. And I think if you can get people – particularly about race, because race is the big elephant in the room, in most rooms. And if you can push people to that level – then you've done something. So I think he, what he did is is a success. Now is he doing it to get a job? Of course he's doing it because he needs a job. I mean, but we all conform. I mean, I would love to go. I would love to go to work tomorrow in shorts and Air Jordans. I mean, but you know, I work in corporate America. I can't go dress like that. It's just you know, it's just not. I mean, you know, it's the same. And it's funny because it's like you, we all hear about you know the guy who you know who's about fighting the system and this and that. You know, and he's got dreads to the you know to his butt. But, you know, when it comes time for an interview, he's got to cut those dreads off because you got to play the game. So I understand. I'm not mad at Colin Kaepernick. I mean, people, what, what's funny to me is how people have kind of come at him saying, well, he's just doing this to get a job. OK. And <laughs> I mean, like, what else is he supposed to do? So uh, I he hasn't in, in saying that he's going to take a stand. I have yet to hear him say I'm going to back down on these causes because he hasn't. Now, if he said that, then. Then we could really take him to task. But he's if he's still out here fighting for these causes and bringing awareness to it, I mean, you can only you can only for me, I can only applaud him because he's he done he's he did something that very that a lot of people talk about, but very few people do. So I think he's to be commended.
1: Damn, that. I want him. I want him on this Muhammad Ali shit. <laughs>
2: <laughs> but he, but you know, be and we we all are big fans of Ali. Even Ali, man, you know he suffered, you know, Ali was, was think about the years that Ali lost, you know, for, for going to jail. And I mean, that was during his prime. And I mean, he'll, he would have never gotten those years back. And it's always interesting. And I'm, I'm pretty sure you'd be, you talk to your dad about it. And I know I've talked to my dad about it as well. You know, boxing fans in general, you know, what they, what Ali could, I mean, he was already the greatest, but what Ali could have been, had he not, but he, he, he felt like he had to fight for something. And, And you gotta, you gotta respect the man for that. At least I do.
3: Look. He, he definitely had everybody talking about it. He definitely had impact, but it's not like anything has truly changed. You know, we still have people on, on opposite sides of it. And I think it's convenient that he's not going to do it next season. But I think we all know why, because there are owners in the NFL that look <clears throat> at that gesture as disrespectful and they're not gonna give Colin an opportunity if that story did not leak out that he is going to stand. Um so so I, I see it both ways. At the end of the day he still needs to be able to provide for his family. So I get it from that aspect. But I also feel that where he where he's coming from it's an honest place. Like before he did it, nobody was really talking about it. We're still talking about it, even though he's saying he's not going to do it. So that impact has definitely been felt. I would just challenge him to, to, to stick it out and do it regardless, mainly until something truly changes, you know, and, and I give Colin all of the kudos in the world, man, like this man, he puts his money where his mouth is. Um, it was well-intentioned. He did not want to disrespect anybody, uh, but he feels a certain type of way and he was able to display that. And he did that all last year. So I'm not going to hold it against them, but I think it is extremely convenient that he's not going to, now that he's not with a squad.
2: Um, let's move on to basketball, man. Uh, Mark Cuban, uh, the, uh, owner for the Dallas Mavericks had some choice words, uh, Someone was asking Mark Cuban about the MVP race, and I mean, this is the time of year, and we all know where the MVP race in the NBA heats up. Of course, you got James Harden doing his thing in, in Houston. Uh, Kawhi Leonard is coming on strong. Of course, the great LeBron James. I mean, he's he should be he should really be in every MB, MVP discussion. But you know, it's almost to the point where people are kind of trying to find a reason not to give give it to LeBron. Uh, and then there's Russell Westbrook. Uh someone asked Mark Cuban about Russell Westbrook and, and Mark Cuban said this. Russell Westbrook is a great player and he's having a great season. You know, it's unbelievable that he's, you know, averaging a triple double, but he's not an MVP candidate. His team won't win 50 games. Close quote. Uh Ken, is he correct in saying that Westbrook is not an MVP candidate or is he just hating?
0: He's just hating. He's just hating. <laughs>
2: um
0: Absolutely not, man. I there, there there's value in wins. Um there's also value in the performance that led you to the number of wins you happen to get for that season. And when we look at that team and the makeup of that team and what Russell has to do by himself, we should all be be in awe that you know, prior to this four-game loser streak, he had the, he had them. He, he, Russell Westbrook by himself had them 10 games over 500. And I don't believe coming in the season we really gave, thought he would win that many. You know, to be honest, you know, he's doing this without the second best player in the NBA, um, Kevin Garnett. I mean, Kevin Durant. So nah, man. I, I think he's, I think he's just hating. I mean, he needs to really worry about his own team. Um, but <laughs> Cuban man, I, 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 he's even said this guy's not a superstar.
2: Right, and right. He did just, say that.
0: I don't know what planet this guy is from to say that this guy is, isn't a superstar. He's he, he's better than anybody on your team right now. Dirk is old and washed up. Dirk is done. So, nah, man. Like you can't, you can't say that about a guy who's averaging right. Who's averaging a triple double, and may average a tri- triple double, not out of vanity, but out of necessity. And if he had better team around him to help him win close to fifty games, then they'll win fifty games. But he doesn't. So we have to look at what he's doing and the number, and, and we really have to grade it on a grade it on the curve. But the fact is, the man is close to making history, and I think that that's that's important. And I think that that's worthy of an MVP or at least to be in the discussion for an MVP. It's a little bit of everything. It's, <laughs> it's, it's a gumbo, man. It's a gumbo. Mainly because
3: I understand where he's coming from. You know, to 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 choose. Be considered an MVP candidate should win 50 games. I always say a superstar should be able to carry that squad by his damn self to the playoffs. What Russell Westbrook is doing is Herculean. I I, like we look, man. I never thought nobody's gonna average no no triple double, and especially like this. You know, man, this guy—it's a ball of energy from the from the tip off to the end of the game. And he's got hurting in the past. Come back. And you could tell mentally he's still the same exact player. He only knows how to play one way. And is it a knock? A little bit. Because if you're that damn good, regardless of the players around you, regardless of the system you play for, regardless of all of that, 50 games I think is is a fair benchmark. Now, th- this whole thing is Mark Cuban doubling down from some comments he said either last year or the year before where he said Russell Westbrook is not a superstar Right. is a superstar all you have to do is just watch him play once and you and you know that but that's why i think he's partly trolling here as well because <clears throat> what russell westbrook is doing we've only seen happen one other time and i, I don't think that the way that he's doing it now can ever be replicated everybody else everybody doesn't need to acknowledge russell westbrook as a superstar. You know what I'm saying? Like, there's gonna be people on the other side of the fence. I'm cool with that. Mark Cuban's on that side.
1: You have to think, man. This, this guy is doing something that has not, so far, he's doing something that hasn't been done since 1962, mm. which average something that a lot of players, a lot of old school players, <coughs> old school fans, like like your dad and my dad and stuff. That they he's doing something that we've never thought that would that wouldn't happen again. Uh. And averaging a triple double for an entire season, man! It, 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 the way the game is played now and everything, you people would have never thought that that would happen again. This man is doing it, and still, 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 even though they not like a two seed or a one seed or a three seed, they're still a playoff team just by him doing that by himself. So, and for him to say that he's not a superstar, like that. That that's crazy to me for him to I just think he's trolling, man. We you know Mark Mark Cuban is he just known to say just blasphemous stuff sometimes just to get people talking. Nobody's talking about his Dallas Mavericks because they not even worth nothing. You know, like like Ken said, Dirt's past his prime. He's he's gonna be retiring pretty soon. Hell of a player. Hell, hall of first battle hall of fame or hell of a player. Mm-hmm. But no one's talking about Dallas Mavericks and Anything to do and look what's happening. He make that statement and look what we're doing. We're talking about Mark Cuba and, and and the Dallas Mavericks organization. Cause no one we have not been paying attention to, to them none this season. I just think he's trolling. It's 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 crazy for you to say that uh Russell Westbrook is not a superstar in this league, man. Not not even before before this season. I mean, you know, he's been a superstar in this league for some you know for a few years now, and it's like Even when he was playing with Durant, he was still a superstar. He was still top. He was still ranked top five, you know, top five best players in the league. So to me, that's superstar status right there. So yeah, for him to say that, man, it's just he's trolling. No one's talking about the Dallas Mavericks. So there, you hear your fifteen, your fifteen minutes of uh, (laughs) fame. I ain't gonna say a fame, but here's your fifteen minutes of some refresh fame, fame for you.
0: And you know what's 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 real quick. quick, What's 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 irritating is. It, are people using analytics? Use the analytics uh-huh. to validate the stuff. Win shares yeah. and uncontested rebound percentages yeah. and all this usage yeah. rate. Man, get the hell out of here with that nonsense. Man. Right. Yeah, I hate I, I, I,
2: that stuff is important, but it's not that important. At least to me, it's not. I, think, I mean, like you said, B, first and foremost, he is a superstar, but I think I would like to, given the fact that he said he wasn't a superstar. superstar, I think he might be trolling and hating a little bit Um, and I try to understand his perspective as far as because, and his theory is, okay, if you have someone that is up for MVP, it's you know like they're normally the team or the the person that's on the team that either wins the conference or wins the division, or at least they win fifty games or something like that. Like you normally don't give the NBA MVP to somebody who's on a. I don't want to call it a subpar team, but a team that's not the best of the best. Um, but then that goes back. But if if we go by that theory, then you know, if you go by, if you want to say the most valuable, I mean, like again, like I said at the top, we really could make a case for LeBron being the most valuable. You know, but again, if you take Russell Westbrook off this team, this seems a lottery team. <laughs> if you take LeBron. If if LeBron is removed and you still have Kevin Love and Kyrie, uh, the Cavs are still probably the number one seed, seed in the East. Um, no, no, I wouldn't well, maybe, say maybe number. not, but 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 I mean they're, they're they're top. Let's say at the very least they're top three seed in the East. Not
0: nah, the Cavs uh, suck
2: without LeBron. Uh, but but again, I, 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 would, I mean with, with, they, they are six seven seed <laughs> in the in the East. But my point LeBron. is my point is they're not a lottery team. Um, oh. Houston, yeah. if you take Harden off, they're, they're probably closer to, but I mean, Harden has a little bit more talent around him than Westbrook Ducks. And then I think we have to, what people aren't keeping in mind is the fact that they just lost Durant. You know, it's not like, you know, this is like he's been playing by himself all of this time. He had Kevin Durant riding with him for the last few years, and now all of a sudden, Durant just goes, and then not only does Durant leave, but he goes to the Warriors. So. You know, what Westbrook is doing right now is incredible. The fact that the team probably won't have 50 wins, I don't care. I mean, it doesn't matter. They're going to make the playoffs. Um, d- Depending on where they land, they may get out of the first round. I mean, I'm pretty sure we all think that they no, won't they're get not, out.
1: They're not getting out of the first round. They, they they, they're going to end up playing probably San Antonio uh, or maybe Houston. Yeah, yeah.
2: yeah, they probably won't get out of the first round. But nonetheless, I think – if if we said that this team could make the playoffs, if we said last summer, going into this season, knowing that Durant had left, that this team could go that far right. and, and Russell Westbrook, you know, people would think we're crazy. So I think I think Cuban's doing a little hate, and I also think he's doing a little trolling as well. Um, the only question I would have for Cuban was we all know how he capes up for Dirk. If Dirk had this kind of season, he wouldn't be saying that. And Don't like you care. said, nobody nobody cares about that. And Speaking of Dirk, shout out to Dirk. We just got notification uh, at the time of this recording that Dirk uh, became the sixth player in NBA history to score his 30,000th point. So he's in great company there. So, I mean, like you said, future Hall of Famer. Um, but if this was Dirk, he'd be bumping for him for MVP. Plain and simple. So... <clears throat> Moving on. Uh, NFL free agency will be taking place uh, at the they have what they call the the period where teams can actually talk to talk to players right now. Um, but it actually begins this coming Thursday at 12 noon. Um, a lot of players are set to make a lot of money as the NFL salary cap has gone has gone up even more than it has been in the previous years. Um so the question I have is I mean we've we've heard some of the names guys like Kirk Cousins, guys like Mike Glennon. Um you know, we got re- receivers like Deshaun Jackson. Um B, who do you think out there is is going to really really make a financial splash as far as the players?
1: It'd be interesting to see if AP... I've, I've been seeing a lot about Brandon Marshall and AP going to the Patriots. Um, oh, my gosh. Wouldn't that be crazy? It would, would be interesting to see. It
2: now, was, I mean, that's almost unfair. You put Adrian Peterson and, and Brandon Marshall in the Patriots? Yeah. But, you know, football is always scary because
1: injuries... The probability for injuries is, like, so... high. You know, yeah, they might have Brandon Marshall and AP, but, you know, AP, what if AP played the first six games and be out for the rest of the season of an injury or something mm-hmm. like that. You know I mean? You know, you know how football is, man. It's just like, yeah, you look good on paper, but then you get to play in the games, somebody might get injured and bam. But yeah, that would be crazy if, if, if AP, you know, cause I, I mean, he had to take like a pay cut. I'm assuming if he, mm-hmm. oh, oh, definitely. Patriots, definitely. Patriots ain't going to be, they ain't breaking. <laughs> like that. So, you know, it'd be interesting if AP would be like, well, do I go to this organization and, pretty much have a good by 85 percent chance of winning Super Bowl this season you know and maybe make less money or go somewhere like a New York Giants I can I can see someone like New York Giants uh breaking the bank for uh AP um I can see someone like a um what was another it was another team damn what was the other team I had in mind but I could definitely see Giants someone like the Giants I can see Giants breaking the bank for him um Brandon marshall is an, is another interesting too because I don't I don't know if if he's at the point of his career where he's gonna make a lot of money, I think at this point he needs to just find someone, find a, a team that's in contention or possibility to win a, a Super Bowl. You know, uh, go somewhere like Oakland. You know, go somewhere like like New England. <laughs> um, yeah, I, I can see him going somewhere like to a team like that at this point. He's not he's not that number one throw two, you know, 17, 18 times a game type of receiver. and It's almost like that Carmelo, almost. Like, Carmelo, you're not that guy like that anymore. Like, you're mm -hmm. you're not the number one, you know, LeBron James, CP3, build around Kevin Durant type of guy anymore. You need to go somewhere and just play second fiddle to someone and win a championship. I think that's where Brandon Marshall is at at this point in his career right now. So,
2: yeah. Okay, okay, okay. What about you, Ken? Uh, What potential free agents do you see uh, making a splash?
0: Terrell Pryor. Um, Yes, yes. Yeah, I saw that he may consider, or that Pittsburgh um, was interested in him. And we saw what he did with um, sub-bar quarterbacks in Cleveland. Can you imagine Antonio Brown, Terrell Pryor, Martavis Bryant, uh Willie Snee <laughs> uh, uh Le'Veon Bell. Man, that would be so unfair. Um oh and then Eli Rogers. I I forgot about him. That would be so unfair. So um right. so yeah so he, he's a guy that I think if if he goes to the Steelers man, he, he could really uh cause some damage next year. Uh obviously of course Deshaun Jackson uh going to Tampa Bay. Man, man, look, Mike Evans on one side and Deshaun (laughs) Jackson on the other. Two. Man, man, look, (laughs) that, that, now that wouldn't be fair. Um, And then there, cause, uh, yeah, cause they need another receiver. Uh, And I think Jamal Charles, man, I think Jamal Charles, I, I know he's had a lot of injuries um the last couple of years but if he gets in the right if he gets with the right team with the right system that uses him in the right way i think he could i think he could have an impact for uh someone i like to see him on a contender you know i understand that the brother may just have to take a job just to get a get a paycheck but if possible i would love to see him on somebody that that could potentially uh you know, that he could help in the playoffs. So I still believe in, in Jamal Charles for whatever reason, even though he hasn't been able to prove that he can stay on the field. Yeah, he just he's he's know, staying man. hurt though. I know, but he, he's just so dynamic. And I think he might be worth the risk if you um have the right contract that could protect you from, you know, like an injury, um, if one was to happen to uh, to him. So, uh, so, yeah, those those are kind of three players that I think could make an impact uh, this this offseason.
3: Yeah, I think um, obviously Adrian Peterson. I think Adrian Peterson for a particular team can move the needle and put them into contention um, or keep them in contention depending on where he decides to go. Um, there is a oh, – what, what what team does he play for? I can't remember his name, but I think he's like a corner – Ah, oh, what's his name? I can't think of his name right now. Young Cat. Ah, oh, Who does he man. play for? Um,
2: I'm talking about a kid the from Texans. Boston? I mean, um, okay. The Texans. The Texans.
3: <clears throat> uh, he's young as hell. He's like 25. I can't think of his name. Real good corner. Real good corner. I think wherever he decides oh, okay. to go, he's going to make a splash. Um, Who else is a free agent?
2: John no, Jackson, too.
3: Yeah, Deshaun Jackson, depending on where he goes, I think he could make a splash. If I was him, I you know I might be looking at Oakland.
0: Is it
2: A.J. Bowie?
3: Yeah, that's, it, AJ that's it.
2: That's it.
0: A.J. Yeah, Bowie. Yeah, 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 that guy,
3: that guy. I, I think he's going to have major impact on a team, depending on where he goes. Um, Deshaun Jackson, I think Terrell Pryor is going to mm, have mm. impact depending Mm -hmm. on where he goes. Cause I think he, I think this season he just proved that he could play the position. And once he starts to, once he starts to get some of the nuance of the wide receiver position, um, I think he's going to be a problem. Can he be a number one wide receiver? He has all the physical tools. I just don't think he has the makeup. Obviously he's not naturally a wide receiver, but you know, he goes to a, to a place where he could be the second or third or fourth option. That that's, that's scary. That's extremely scary. Um, That's about it, though. Honestly, that's... Because, you know, somebody... You know, i put it to you like this. Darrell Revis. Um, Mm. If he goes to a place that has pass rushing and at least one or two corners, he could play that third or fourth corner... Man, I you know that I think that elevates a defense as well um, because we're seeing more, more and more the commonality on these offenses is put three, four wide receivers, spread them out, quick passes. So that third and fourth guy, you you need corners to cover those guys, you know. So I, I definitely think Darrell Revis at the right capacity can improve or help improve a defense.
2: Yeah, I think um, I, I'm always interested with the free agents because. I think it's it's always interesting because teams have to be. A, it, I always say teams have to be a good fit for the players, um, and we've seen players you know get big contracts going to other teams, and it's not the you know grass isn't always green on the other side. Now you know if somebody wants to pay you you know extra ten million dollars, it's hard for you to tell them no, but you have to fit their schemes and 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 right and, and vice versa. Uh, that being said. I'm looking at a guy like Mike Glennon, who was a backup quarterback for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. I mean, Mike, to be honest, man, I forgot Mike Glennon was even still in the league. (laughs) And Mike Glennon is about to get, I think they're saying like he's going to get somewhere between 14 and $16 million. And he only threw 11 passes last year. He threw 11 passes more than the three of us. And he's going to get 14. And here's the kicker. The word on the street is at the time of this recording, that he's like leaning towards Chicago. So my thing is this, you can't get and now I'm not the biggest Jay Cutler fan. <laughs> In fact, I don't I don't think any of us are. But you can't get rid of Jay Cutler for Mike Glenn, Glennon. I mean, come on, man. It's just not out of that part I don't understand. But I, I, I do think guys like him, um, Kirk Cousins, I mean, he's he's gonna he's a restricted free agent, if I'm not mistaken, but he got franchise tagged and Kirk Cousins is going to make 25 million dollars next year. Um crazy to me because I don't think Kirk Cousins is that good. I think he's decent, but is he a top 10 quarterback? I don't think so. But you got to, you know, this is what the market is bearing and what the market is asking for. So, you know, you got a guy like that who gets franchise tag and then probably could command even more money the the following year. Uh even though I don't think he'll be with the Redskins. So, I'm very interested to see where a guy like Peterson is going to go. Peterson has already said if, if a team like New England comes calling, he will take less. Um, But yeah, I think he's going to make he's going to get paid. There's always I'm always interested in in the second tier guys, and what I mean by that, those are the guys that make your team. um, Those are the guys that take your team to the next level. Um, And and I'll use case in point. I'll use uh, right here the Falcons last year. Their biggest acquisition, and I, w- I will make a case for the Falcons MVP of their entire season last year, wasn't Julio Jones, wasn't Matt Ryan, it was Alex Mack. And they picked up Alex Mack, who's the all-pro center from the Cleveland Browns. And bringing in Alex Mack, what he did was he solidified that offense to a, to the point where they were the number one offense in the NFL. Um, but they, you know, the previous year they had, they, they were trash at the center position. And I mean, you can't You can't move the ball on offense if you don't have a good center. Um, So I'm always interested to see how the second-tier guys, not just the big-name guys, but the second-tier guys, the glue guys, if you will, that make these rosters. But trust me, in the next few days, we're going to see a lot of money getting thrown out there. Um, Like you mentioned, Deshaun Jackson, I'm interested to see where he's going to go because it looks like he's not coming back to, to the Redskins, which makes me really, really wonder. You give Kirk Cousins all of this money, uh, Jackson is leaving. I think Garcon is leaving as well. So it's man, it, it's going to be crazy to see how this thing plays out. But it's it's not the it's almost like the NBA, but it's not as is as, as much fun because you can see in 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 the NBA, obviously, we've seen with free agency the balance of power in the NBA can shift. I don't know if you necessarily will see that in the NFL because of the nature of the game, but it does make it very intriguing. So it's it's going to be a lot of guys hitting licks, man. So. And stay and tuned for the next couple about, of days.
0: Let's not forget about Alshon Jeffrey, too.
2: Yes, yes, yes. He big. He is big time, and I don't think he's going – he's not going back to Chicago, is he?
0: I don't think so. Yep.
2: Wow, that's what's up. That's what's up. Speaking of the NFL, uh, we were – got a chance to see the NFL combine this past weekend. Uh, you know, they bring the players in from college. Uh, to Indianapolis, they're poked, they're prodded, they're trotted out there in the shorts and out there working out and stuff and bench pressing and running 40, da- 40 yard dashes, um, and then we saw a guy, Ross from Washington, break the combine record by running a four two two forty, um, and I saw it and it was like dude was just gliding, um, and I remember him in Washington where he played wide receiver, um. Some people have compared him to, as far as his receiver skill set, to Marvin Harrison. Uh, and then we saw guys like uh, Miles Garrett from Texas A and M, uh, the defensive end who could go number one. You know, with a 35, you know, inch. I think he's like six five, and he's got like a 35 inch vertical. He ran a 40 in like a four five. So these numbers are just. Some of these guys are just putting up mind-boggling numbers. I thought it was interesting that um, McCaffrey, the the running back from Stanford, uh, benched. 225, 10 times. Uh and and he received a lot of criticism, but let's just keep it real. Most of you listening can't bench 225 10 times. So um, but I think a running back probably should be able to do it more than 20. I think Fournette did it like twenty eight times. So um, but nonetheless, as far as the combines, man, the performances that we see at the combines year in and year out, B, how much stock should we put into? Do you put a lot of stock into to the combine performances?
1: No, I don't put a lot of stock in them because, you know, yeah, you're going to look good running without the pads on. You're going to look good uh, doing quarterback drills without guys, without linebackers and linemen running you down and running in your face. And you got to worry about defenders. So, yeah, I mean, you're going to look good doing all that stuff. I mean, it's a good it's a good measurement of seeing, you know, how how strong or how fast the quarterback how, with the form, you know, the form of of the quarterback, how they throw the ball and how they, you know, you know, just the whole, um, what's that word I'm looking for, the um, the mechanics, like the right. whole mechanics and everything like that. That part of it is good, you know, th- that's good to see where your player mechanics is, where even even from like a, a defensive uh, uh lineman standpoint and running back standpoint, all that stuff. Yeah, that stuff is good. Um, the four, four, the forty time. I mean, you know, that's cool and all. Yeah, you fast, but can you run the routes? Can you, can you read? You know, the cornerback's, You know, stands. Can you? It, it's just so much other mechanics into it. Yeah, you can run fast. That's great. I mean, that's good. That we have a speedy receiver. But can you catch the ball? You know, I'm so saying, can you catch the ball when you got the defenders? <laughs> you know, all over you. You know what right. I'm saying? Like, can you make those crucial third and, and eight? You know, catches. That's what really matters. Uh, So, no, I don't put that much stock into it, man. I mean, you know, it's. I think it's just something just to keep people talking, you know, about the NFL and pro days, getting ready for the draft next month and everything. I mean, that, that part I understand, but I wouldn't put that much stock in it because, you know, like I said, it's just, yeah, you're going to look good doing all that
2: stuff when you don't got defense on you. <laughs> <laughs> no doubt. Well, what about you, Ken? Uh, how much stock should we put into the uh, NFL Combine?
0: Uh, ugh, ugh. You know what? I I'm not sure, man. Like I I think it's it's one of those things where for me is it's it's a spectacle, right? Mm-hmm. Um that that the NFL uses. And well, a lot of sports have, have these type of things, but you know, it's it's just like what B says, can you play? and that's the only thing that matters. You know, what what happens when you step on the field? Like, yeah, John John Ross, you know, being able to run that fast is great, but you could be tagging Junior, for all we know. <laughs> so how much is that going to help anybody? So for me, it's it's all just great for a conversation. Like, even when I listen to some of the, the NFL at- analysts, They don't even put much stock in it. They do it because they have to cover it, but they know that for the most part, it's it's a load of crap. Um, But I think at the end of the day, you get official times for people. Um, Excuse me. You get you know I mean you get the official uh, times for people, the strengths and all the other stuff. Um, So I think it could be helpful there. But for the most part, you know, can you play? And I think that that's really the, the only thing that mattered. Like, for instance, John Ross, we, we saw him. We saw what happened when he played against an NFL caliber team. He, he didn't do anything.
2: Mm-hmm. And
0: right. you guys know, man, like I, I looked at uh, 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 Ben Simmons. I said that about Ben Simmons. I said that about, you know, that's basketball. Let's scratch that. I said that about Johnny Manziel. When yep. you looked at Johnny Manziel against top elite, top 10 SEC teams, he was shut down he was shut down outside of a couple of good games against Alabama but for the most part he wasn't that good and and that's a good representation of what you possibly can see in the NFL so um so yeah man i i don't put much stock into it you know myself and you know the other thing i don't like about it and i know it's What's all that? kind of people out there but i was like watching the the i, I guess it was the the vertical jump Mm-hmm. For Miles Miles Garrett, and and all I could see was all I saw was a black man jumping up and down doing his measurables <laughs> for a bunch of uh, NFL teams for a bunch of white owners. Like I couldn't just, and I know Christian McCaffrey out there too, and quarterbacks are out there too. But all I saw was, you know, them just text. What, what he saying? Uh, and, and get out be the the genetic your genetic makeup the genetic
1: makeup. <laughs> yep. Yep. <laughs>
0: that's all I was thinking about I'm like man I don't know the optics of that just don't look good but
2: you know know what Ken it's funny you mention that because uh, I think it was Joe Thomas the uh, all pro uh, tackle from the Cleveland Browns who happens to be white uh, he made some comments right before the combine uh, being very critical and he he stopped short of calling it like the slave trade like and, and that's what you know in a roundabout way people have kind of uh, referred to it as because of you know the the poking and the prodding and the parading. I mean, you bring your guys out in their draws and they're getting weighed in and stuff like that, and you got these people. It's become so much of a spectacle. Um, even now, where and like you 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 made a great point, I think, where it, it's about TV. You know, it's it's the combine is now it's on TV. They're even charging people. I mean, like people are actually paying money to go inside of the Hoosier Dome or the RCA dome whatever the name of it is now um and watch guys lift weights i mean wow. like y- you want to pay $50 to go see a dude bench press 225 17 times um so to be honest man i'm i'm probably the biggest fan who cares not very little about the combine like cuz i've said cuz think about it like this between the time that your college career ends and November or whenever, after your bowl game or whatever like that, you've got all of this, the time between January and the time that, you know, your pro day or whatever, that's the time that you probably will be in the best shape you'll ever be in your life because you're, it's it's you're getting prepared for this job, right? So you're getting yourself ready. So, you know, so you're going to run a 40 time, you're going to, you know, do lift these weights and stuff like that. But how, how does that stuff apply to game? And I always say, like, I think some of these GMs and stuff like that and owners they psyched themselves out because they might see a guy like John Ross run a four, two, two, but you have to understand, like, like you said, Ken, I don't remember his name being called at all against Alabama. <laughs> all right. I may have to go back and watch the tape, but I mean, like, you know, what did he do on the biggest stages? Did he, you know, if, now if he was like Calvin Johnson and he ran a four, three 40 and, he led the nation in receiving. That's different. You know what I'm saying? I mean, like, that's a guy that showed, you know, showing proof week in and week out, getting double and triple team. But, I mean, anybody that can be a combine, and it's not to take anything away from the Miles Garrett's and the John Rosses of the world. I'm just, I'm, the combine does nothing for me. I mean, I don't even watch it anymore. It's just, it's, and I get, you know, we get the updates and stuff like that. But other than that, like, I, I it's just it's not for me. It's not, it's not, I don't think it's something, that, I don't think it's the, the, the baseline barometer for whether or not somebody will or will not make it in the NFL. Obviously, you know, there was a guy taken out of Michigan in the, what, sixth round at quarterback, you know, and his, his 40 time was awful. He had one of the, I mean, he had offensive linemen running faster than him. That guy was Tom Brady, you know, Tom Brady, his combine numbers were terrible. By by any quarterback standards, and look at him now. Nobody's asking about. We don't even know how much Tom Brady benches two twenty five. It, it don't matter. You know what I'm saying? But it worked out for him. So you know, I I think it's it, it's it's for show. It, what it is is, I think ultimately the NFL has done what they set out to achieve. They want to make headlines and they want people to be talking about the NFL twenty four seven. You know, seven days a week. You know. Even in their off season, and that's what this does i mean it has i mean the combine was making more national headlines than you know basketball games last week, so it was this past weekend, so you know it is what it is
3: all, all the combine is is just a measuring test. We just want to see how fast you are, how strong you are, how quickly you do these drills. Some of these drills and some of these measurements directly affect or can affect what a player can and cannot do on the field but but that this is not end-all be-all the combine is just a part of the process um the end-all be-all to me is tape. Once you study the tape, you know who can play, who can't play. Then you go to the combine. Certain things might jump off the screen. Then you got to go back to the tape and be like, okay, did we see this? Are we missing something? That's all this is. I think people try to blow it out of proportion, whether it be the media or whatever, you know, how important or how uh, unimportant it is. And, and, And I think that it's not the it's not the end all be all to, to testing or understanding what a player is or will be, but it is, it's a, it's an additional tool. And as long as you look at it that way, treat it that way, acknowledge it in that way, then, 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 then what, what are we really talking about? We're just talking about guys measuring how fast, how strong they are, how quick they are. Um, and that's it. You, you
0: know,
2: uh, also funny? go ahead.
0: Um, <laughs> So I went on Twitter to watch the, the uh, John Ross's uh, uh, forty, mm-hmm. and right below the tweet, they somebody uh, replied with Brady's forty time. <laughs> Brady started and had like, I swear, man, almost like a five step <laughs> head start before John Ross even started. <laughs> And John, and they finished at the same time, almost. <laughs> like Brady, Brady's Brady slow man. This thing, this is painful to watch, man. He he was slow as shit. Yeah, he like, wonder, he was. I wonder
2: what it, I it's a well known fact. Like Brady, Brady wasn't that far away from being cut by the Patriots, and when he got to training camp, so it wasn't it wasn't like he was a four. And and if those of you who remember him, and I remember him in Michigan, he was decent, but he, I mean, I am might even say but he was average. He, the, there's no way you could anybody could have projected that he would be where he is today and again i mean that just goes to show you what the combine. And, and we've seen guys who make these huge contracts based off of what they did at the combine and they get to the league and they suck
0: so bo, bo jackson said he ran a 4.13 it wasn't that i don't Bob. know
2: i heard that it, we the, it's legendary that Dion ran a 419 and um, but they weren't keeping they weren't keeping the, the times like that. But, yeah, that's what the, the scout said. He ran a four one nine. Uh, now, another big name that has been tossed around. Uh, it seems like we've been talking about it at nauseam, but it looks like it's finally coming to a head is Tony Romo. Um, Romo is looks like his name. Well, we I think we already knew his days in, in Dallas were numbered, but there a lot of teams out there, uh, you know, Kicking the tires on Tony Romo, and, and they they want to think about you know bringing him in. Um, B, if you were Tony Romo, at looking at the landscape of the teams that are out there for you, where do you think is the best fit for Tony Romo? You're his you're, you're his agent. You you you're you're his Jerry Maguire. Where where are you trying to send him?
1: Oh uh, man probably send him to the AFC somewhere. Um <laughs> uh, man, what's the best fit for Roma? Probably Denver. I mean, they still got that defense, right?
2: Yeah. Yeah, Denver's one of the teams that are really really looking at him.
1: Yeah, Denver is a good choice. Um is Coston Palmer coming back at um Arizona? Yeah, yeah Palmer's back. Um uh, well, I would have said Arizona. Um Texans? Is Texans looking? As- yes, Texas, yes. They, you know, we always <laughs> said was her was hindering them was quarterback play. If they would have <laughs> actually, if they had a better quarterback, they would have beat the Patriots because defensively they showed you the blueprint mm-hmm. to get them. Um, so you know, I say Texans. Why not? I say take a chance on Tony Romo. I mean, what? Who else can you get out there? I mean, Osweiler sucks. So, um, I say yeah, Houston, Denver. And I think that I think that's team, two teams I can think of right now: Houston and Denver.
2: Okay. What about you, Ken? Uh, landing spot? If, you, if you're Tony Romo's agent, where are you trying to send him?
0: Oh my God! I'll be so glad when this guy signs. I, <laughs> even when he does, I don't think we'll they'll be done talking about it.
2: Ken, Ken you took it. You know we've been talking about Romo seems like all year long.
0: Oh it's the worst. Um I I agree with B. I think really the only team that I like, you know, are the, are the Houston, Houston Texans. Um <clears throat> they got that defense. They have um Will Fuller. They have DeAndre Hopkins. Mm-hmm. They have a couple of good receiving uh pass catching tight ends. Uh them the boys, man, they just need a quarterback. Just need a quarterback. So that would be a good fit. And the biggest thing is Tony Romo just has to stay healthy. But um, I, I like him. I, I do think Denver would, would be a good fit too. But I think with Denver, man, like, you know, I think you want a long-term solution. You want you want to know if Pat Lynch is that guy. And if, if he is, you want to go ahead and start getting him to work instead of trying to, to basically – hire a guy for a season or two so while he would be a good fit there and they have a lot of good weapons also uh, if, if I'm Elway I'm just kind of looking at how many can I win potentially with Paxton Lynch versus possibly winning one with Tony Romo if he manages to stay healthy so for me I think Houston is probably the best fit because they haven't had a quarterback in years. So to finally have a guy that's uh that's capable back there, uh I think if I'm that organization, I would like to know what we could possibly do if we had a guy that can actually play that position at an elite level. So I, I like I like the Texans.
2: Yeah, same here. I, I think I think Houston probably it- is one of the teams that I think should really, really make a run at him, and he should be running towards them. Um, I know Denver is going to make a play for him, uh, but the thing about Denver is that they invested a, a draft, an early draft pick in Paxton Lynch. Um, Paxton Lynch just isn't there. He's deaf I think he could probably be the quarterback for the future, um, but this Denver team is really with that defense is probably set and built to win, like, right now, like, within the next two to three years uh, to get back to another Super Bowl and win. Um, so I think it's it's imperative to them to, you know, that they're looking, they're not necessarily looking toward the future like that. I think with Romo in Houston, I think it, it, it's, it's a win-win for them because that team, like B said, <clears throat> could win right now. And, I mean, the quarterback position was the only thing that kept them away from, you know, possibly representing the AFC uh, this past uh, February. Um, with that being said, I mean, you look and think about it like this. Clowney is now coming into his own as far as being the beast that we always thought that he would be. Um, and you're going to get a, you know, healthy J.J. Watt. So and then that offense with with the you know, weapons that he has and then you got uh, Hopkins on the outside. Yeah, you throw Romo in the mix, you don't run, and his and they got a decent running game. You don't have to ask Romo to go out and throw for four hundred yards every week. Um, you know, just let him do his thing. So I, I, I like I like the Texans. I much like you can I'm, I'll be happy when it's over. Uh, and I'm I'm really marveling at the fact that Jerry Jones publicly is still trying to make a case that, you know, Romo could be in a Cowboys uniform next year, which I think was, is crazy because it doesn't make any sense for him to go back. That is, that is Dak Prescott's team, right? They're going to get them a, a veteran backup just in case Dak gets hurt, somebody can fill in for a game or two um, if Dak is out. But this is, you know, this Cowboy, the youth movement is is in play in Dallas. And, um, you know, Romo's, I mean, we knew Romo was done that day. He did, the, he did that uh, – <laughs> He did that press conference um so we'll see what happens man it's gonna be interesting but Tony Romo is definitely on the move uh moving over to basketball talking about free agents man Andrew Bogut your man Andrew Bogut um signed a deal we talked about it I think it was last week where we where Bogut um was bought out by the Mavericks uh, after coming over from the Golden State Warriors Uh, and he signed with the Cleveland Cavaliers along with uh, Darren Williams. And so, you know, these were a couple of pieces that, you know, LeBron added to his puzzle. Uh, A couple of more got big – well, one big body, you know, that could help them out on the front line. Uh, Great passing, big big man who could score around the basket. Uh, Andrew Bogut gets into the game last night making his Cavs debut, and he breaks his leg. He was only on the court for like two minutes. And he breaks his leg. Um, just bad luck. Uh, B. How does this injury affect the Cavs, man?
1: Yeah. Well, we can't we can't really say it, it affect them because it's not like it's not like we saw what Bogut has been doing <laughs> with, with the Cavs. So it's not like you know we see him being a good rim protector or see him being a good rebounder for him or you know a, a, a good big a good big man to get you know pick up good minutes we haven't seen that all we saw was what a minute and a half of him playing before he <laughs> broke his right. leg so i mean it's really not really a loss i mean they got him for a super discount so in my opinion it's not it's not a loss because we just haven't seen his value for that team you know what i'm saying so it'd be different if we saw a value how much value he would have put to that roster and on that squad but we didn't see that all we saw was him lasted a minute Broke that leg. That was a wrap. That was it. You know. Um, I mean, I still got Derek Williams. You know, which is he's also a good physical, uh, big dude. Um, you know, I mean, not as tall as Andrew Boga but you know, that's still that's that's a big body to still have. You know, to, to be physical. But yeah, I mean, we just I, we can't really I can't I can't really answer how much of a loss that he is because I, I wasn't able to see his value.
0: I, I think I don't think it will. Um I think they'll they'll drop him and just go get another big guy like Larry Sanders or um there was somebody else I saw floating on Twitter but let's just say Larry Sanders so i'm I'm with b we we don't we haven't seen him play with him yet so we don't know what impact he would have actually had on the team yeah, it's great to get a guy like Bogut and you know he wants revenge against his team because they let him go in order to sign Kevin Durant. hell Bogut would have uh dropped himself to sign Kevin Durant you know if if he was running that team so uh so it you know I don't know if you're necessarily upset about that, but you know possibly, but the fact is that he just hasn't been there long enough to make an impact. I think he was gonna play what eight ten minutes a game anyway. Uh, in special packages probably for the Cavs. Um, it gave them a lot of flexibility in terms of uh, different roster combinations. Um, so uh, I think they just got to figure out what they're going to do to back up Tristan Thompson. Because they still need a guy that can go in and, and get tough rebounds. Like th- I love Derrick Williams on that team. I mean, you can see why he was drafted behind Kevin uh I mean Kyrie Irving like his talent alone is second player in the draft talent it's just it just leaps off the screen man like the way he can grab rebounds and and run up and down the court and the things that he can do just off pure athleticism alone is uh is is something special but he's not a big rebounder guy he's not physical like that He's just an athletic wing that can get up and down the court. Um, but so f- for them, they're going to need to probably holler at Larry Sanders, who, when he played, made an impact on the Bucks for a while. And um, and hopefully, he's not salty that <laughs> that they uh, went the other way when Bogut became available and said he wanted to sign with the
2: Cavs. <laughs> Hmm. Yeah, man. I, I um, I I don't think it affects. I don't think like you guys said. I don't, I don't think it affects the Cavs because we we didn't get a chance to. I mean, you, you can't miss what you don't have, and they never had. You know, they didn't have him. So I think what they miss is the possibility of what he could have brought to the table. But you know, they they have what they have, and I think they're they're perfectly fine the way that they are. It would have been interesting to see, you know, particularly if Bogut's. Um, could help the Cavs make it back to the finals. And then they faced up against his former team, the Warriors, how they would play against him and how he would play. You know, obviously, he would play very inspired, if you will, um, you know, against them. But um, no, I'm not um, – I mean, you, like I said, you can't miss what you don't have. <laughs> I mean, and I, and I feel bad for Bogut because that's that's got to really suck, man. I mean, like you – and I saw the comments. But LeBron said – he said he knew immediately it was broke. He said he heard it. And he said, you know, and they, and they crashed legs or whatever, but um, it's unfortunate. But I think Cleveland, I think Cleveland going to be okay. I <laughs> I don't think Cleveland is, I don't think LeBron should lose any sleep for losing Andrew Bogan. While he would have been a, a, a good piece, Um, I think, I think they're going to be okay. I think they're going to be okay. All right. All right. It is time for the closing statements. Once again, this is the dead end sports podcast. Want to thank you all for checking us out. Uh, so with that being said, uh, I will toss it over to my man b b what's your uh closing statement for this week
1: uh closing statement uh one of my favorite times of the year we have the march madness got conference tournaments going on uh mm-hmm. teams are already punching tickets for the big dance, and we're gonna be starting the conference tournaments heading into this weekend and next week, and then we will have selection Sunday. Uh, wait a minute, it might be this week. I'm sorry. Yeah, I yeah. Think, no, that's I yeah, think I'm, I'll take like that back. I'll take yeah, that back. Yeah, the conference tournament is going on now. This week, you're gonna have ACC, Big Ten, um, uh, Big East, all them, um, ACC, all them, um, and then you got the selection Sunday. So that's my fault. I'm thinking it was next. I'm, I'm, I'm off from of my weeks. Uh, I've been a lot going on, but yeah, so selection Sunday this, this, uh, Sunday and the tournament starting next Thursday or technically Tuesday because you got the playing games, but. Yeah, I'm looking forward to it. I love the big dance. I love filling out my brackets. I love, you know, going in the office and seeing where everybody else what they think and everything. So, yeah, man, fun, fun, fun times. Fun times. I, I love the March Madness. I love the big dance because I love it. The fact that you know stars are born. Like sometimes those star, those stars that we didn't pay attention throughout throughout the regular season, they become stars in the big dance. Man, Dwayne Wade was one of them because I remember. I did not hear his name during the regular season, and in that when Marquette was in that in the Big Dance, Dwayne Wade made a name of himself, man, and and look where he's at now. You know, on his way to a first ballot Hall of Fame NBA career once it's all said and done. So, yeah, I love the Big Dance, I man. I love this time. I love watching these, you know, born stars that we might potentially see in the in the tournament.
2: No doubt, no doubt. And for those of you listening, we will be doing a dead end sports. Uh, bracket. So uh, once the brackets are out, we'll you know make sure that you follow us on Twitter. Uh, we'll be tweeting it out. Um, so get in where you fit in, and you know if you if you can get in the get in the bracket uh, challenge with us, uh, you're not gonna win anything if you win, but you know you will win. Will you will win bragging rights? Um, so let me talk. Toss it over to my man Ken. Ken, what uh, what you got for uh, closing statements? Uh,
0: the major league baseball Ball, um, has finally made a rule change to improve the play of the game to speed it up, and they are getting rid of the intentional walk. At least we don't have to watch them throw four pitches to intentionally walk somebody. Um, now all, all the manager has to do from the dugout is, solid, is just a motion that he wants an intentional walk, And then the umpire will just uh, go ahead and uh, award him first base. So I think this is great. This is a a, a good step in the right direction. I know all of you MLB old heads um, don't like rule changes, but this sport is suffering. And this is something that, like, we don't need to see the four pitches. We just don't. We don't need need to see the umpire... I mean, the, the catchers stand up, step to the side, and catch four balls. This just makes sense. So, um, so yeah, I, as a matter of fact, I, I, I would like for them to get rid of the intentional walk altogether. But that's a longer conversation. So, um, so yeah, c- congrats to Rob Manfred, Manfred for making this move. Um, it's something that he can change that don't significantly impact the game it'll have a small impact in terms of time. But um but sometimes you just need to make small moves to get people comfortable with making um changes to the to you know a sport that they love. And um and I'm all for this. He also imposed a two minute limit on uh replay reviews as well. So um they're working on it man, because, look, we nobody wanna see a six and seven hour baseball game. <laughs> you know. I'm just
2: saying. That's a good point. That's a good point, man. It is I'm I'm a purist, man, but I, I I'm with you can anything they can do to slow it down. I don't know that intentional walks will, but I mean that definitely helps. Um my closing thoughts, man, is you know what, I'm just playing for you. Is the, roof. the ceiling is the roof. Um, Michael Jordan. Uh, I, I don't. I don't know what you were thinking, brother. But um, the ceiling cannot be the roof. And, and the <laughs> the clip I played, man. I mean, a, a anybody knows me, though no, I, I love Jordan. I, that's my dude, man. I mean, like I grew up in the '80s, man. So that was my squad. It was the Bulls, man. So I. I loved Michael Jordan. I love Michael Jeffrey Jordan. He is the greatest basketball player to ever lace him up. Um, but I, I really don't like what y'all doing to Jordan out here, man. And, and you know, some of it's Jordan's fault too. I've I've gone on record as saying that the crying <laughs> Jordan meme is is has gone too far and I'm sick of seeing it. Uh, you know, people always ask, man, y'all should put the, the crying meme on 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 the on the gone fish. No, I'm not doing that. I'm not doing that. We off that. Um, that being said man I don't like the way y'all playing with the icons man and and I think you know and nobody said this can B, be but I really think just based on what I could see in that you know and I watched this clip several several times I'm almost convinced Mike had been drinking before he went out there because <laughs> he said I wish y'all best I wish y'all best not the best I wish y'all best and he said the ceiling is the roof <laughs> Like I said, man, I'm just I'm just gonna go out on a limb and say Mike had it. He had a few before he went out there. They probably didn't even tell him because he was out there on the court to announce the fact that the North Carolina football team will now be wearing the Jumpman shoes. And you know, you know, when sometimes, man, when you get to drinking, your mouth and your brain don't necessarily work together, man. The ceiling is the roof. I really don't like the way that you guys are out there clowning, Michael. Um, again, he has not helped himself. But MJ, from me to you, the ceiling ain't the damn roof. (laughs) (laughs) And that's going to do it for me, for BZ, for Ken, for FIFA. I'm your host, 12Kyle. Thank you for listening to another edition of the Dead End Sports Podcast. We'll catch you guys next week. Peace.